here, but I, I like it. Keep on going. Keep on going. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. I, I haven't done it all week, but I want to say thank you to our guests that are here. We appreciate you being a part of our service tonight. Amen. Come on, give them a hand. Give them a hand. We normally do all kind of stuff welcoming, but, you know, we can't do that in this atmosphere. They, they have us in. But I hope those who are, if you're first-timers this week, you've been receiving gift bags. And if you're a second-timer, you've been receiving a little book and all that kind of good stuff. want to make sure everybody knows, too, that we uh, launched last night our new EGCC prayer line. Amen. 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 And uh, we are thankful for that. Uh, new, our prayer line phone number is 727-893-8888. And uh, there are prayer councils that are standing by that will uh, pray for people. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you, anybody ever, ever opened a business, you celebrate your first customer, right? Yeah. Last night, we got our first customer uh, call from South Carolina to get prayer last night. So we're open for business. Amen. Amen. We're happy about that. And uh, we'll continue to pray for people. And, uh, again, that's any time. If you all need prayer, even when you're not here, and you can get somebody on the other line that will pray for you and, and join their faith with yours uh, to reach heaven. Amen. Yeah. All right, Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, this week, I'm not dealing with verse 14. We may do that in another meeting. This is a healing meeting. We might need a a money meeting next week or something like that, you know, a couple of weeks from now, whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> but let's deal with 13. So our theme for the week, again, is redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from the curse. This is part three of that series. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. Now, <clears throat> the devil we see, if you've been uh, out and about in town or maybe you've been on social media, he's, the devil's tormenting people. You know, like I said, he's, he's, he's really having a lot of fun right now on the earth because he's using his weapon, his number one weapon, his oldest weapon, his main weapon, really his only weapon, which is fear. The same one he used in Genesis, the same one he's using today. He uses fear to get people uh, to act goofy. <clears throat> and what we're finding is, is as long as people are ignorant of spiritual realities, as long as people are ignorant of new creation realities, then they succumb to fear. They yield to fear and give the devil uh, really control over their lives and the ability to just make them look like plum fools. <laughs> I found even, you know, in the, in the world, of course, they don't know anything about spiritual realities. In the, in the church, many Christians don't know about new creation realities. In, in the church, they understand when I say they, I mean the mass majority, mainstream Christians, understand some spiritual realities in terms of they know there's a heaven, they know there's a hell, they know there are angels, they know there are demons, they know that, they know God is real, they, you know, yes, God is real, I feel him in my soul, they know that, but they don't know new creation realities. They don't realize that according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, when it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. They don't realize how new they became. So they still see themselves uh, as from a natural perspective. That as natural men and women, 
uh, they are still in the same boat as everybody else in humanity. And that's simply not true. See, if you become a new creature in Christ, old things are passed away and all things will become new. Verse 18 says, and all things are of God. So the new things that you are or that you have, they are of God. So you become a totally new God class of people. You take on, a, uh, the Bible says, we are made partakers of his divine nature. Am I in the wrong church? I don't know. Okay. You become sacred of his divine nature, which means you have a whole new nature. Everything about you is different. You may have the same hands and the same feet and the same eyes and the same ears, but inside out you are different. So you have to learn how to live from that inside perspective. You got it? And not this outside. So that's why I told you, my family history, my family medical history has no bearing on me. You understand that? Your family medical history has no bearing on you. Generational curses, whatever. Once, it, once you understand who you are, I have been regenerated. Remember I taught y'all that a few weeks ago. I've been regenerated, regened. So none of, that st none of that stuff has anything to do with me. I'm a new creation. Everybody say I'm a new creation. But if you don't know that, the devil can make you look like a plum fool. My wife telling about, you know, she, I haven't been to the store. My wife is going to the store all the time. Maybe I should go there and support her. But it's, it's just, it's crazy. I asked me, to, I, had, I, I sent them some pictures. I said, I want y'all to show uh, four pictures of this. You know, they got everybody with gloved up and masked up and all that kind of stuff. Show, show them this first picture of what people are doing. Plastic bag over the head. Plastic bags on their hands. Everybody say that's crazy. Number two. Can y'all tell what that is? A birthday hat for a mask. Can y'all see it? They're trying to cover themselves. This is crazy. That's just crazy. Let's do another one. Number three. You see the guy with a bag on his head and got bags on his legs and everything. Gardening gloves on. The devil's got people looking like plum fools, man. Let's do one more. Give me number four. Number four. Number four. Now y'all see that, right? That's like one of those big Hawaiian punch bottles, you know what I'm saying? What in the world are people doing? They're freaking out, that's what they're doing. And I'm telling the devil, he just does that. He makes people, I, 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 I bet the devil and his imps are having a, a just... They are probably belly laughing all over the earth. But you know, the Bible says God sits in heaven and laughs. God might be laughing at some of this stuff too. <laughs> look at what they're doing. Son, look at what they're doing. Why don't they just trust me? I got service all over this planet teaching this. Yeah. 
2 Corinthians 2.11, we showed that the Bible says that when people are ignorant of Satan's devices, Satan can take advantage of them. And when you know those pictures, those four, I'm going to show some more, some more tomorrow night. Those, <laughs> I figured I'd space it out. That way your stomach wouldn't hurt too bad. It's, it's, just, it's just bad. It's bad. It's bad. And Satan's taking advantage of people because they're ignorant of his devices. They think he can really do to them what he says he can do to them. And the problem is much, if not most, of the body of Christ agrees. And that's the dangerous part because we're supposed to be different. We're the ones that's supposed to be uh, a sign to the world. That no, no matter what the world's going through, we are supposed to be different. Y'all got it? All right, now let me, let me keep moving here because I got a long ways to go. Galatians 3.13 again says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And I showed you last night in Deuteronomy how Jesus Christ was uh, hanged on a tree. Uh, that, was a, that was something that was for those who had committed a sin deserving of death. Right? And then it said whoever was hanging on a tree was accursed by God. So Jesus Christ became our substitute. He was hanging on a tree for us, and he became a curse for us. And I described to you as much as I could that he took every sin and every pain and every disease and every abnormality and every malady and every uh, deformity. He took everything, 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 everything on the cross for three straight hours. Just everything. Bore all of our pains. Bore all of our punishment. Bore all of our sickness. You read it over in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. I don't have time to go to it tonight. You can read it in your own time. That he took all of our sickness, all of our pain, all of our diseases, all of our suffering, all of our sorrows. Three hours took all that. And at, at the end, in John 19, he said, it is finished. Right around verse 30. He said, it is finished. He had finished everything. He finished off every disease. I, I heard her you know, on the phone earlier and talking about, you know, from your job, and they were talking about uh, COVID-3 and COVID, uh, corona, coronavirus, they call it. Coronavirus 3 and coronavirus 5. And it was all these, just all of them. Because it's nothing new. This stuff isn't new. It's been around for many years. It's, it's, it's been around since the garden when, when Eve, Adam and Eve fell. Y'all remember SARS? Yes. That was COVID-14. 14. 14, rather. This is not, it's not new, ladies and gentlemen. But the devil has, has successfully and progressively made people look more and more stupid every year. <laughs> he is just having a blast, I'm telling you. But I thank God that we're redeemed from the curse. I said we're redeemed from the curse. Now, I told you this last, well, first night, we were just repeating it. I must know for myself that I have been redeemed from the curse and that it has no power over my life. I must know for myself, I must know for myself that I have been redeemed from the curse and it has no power over my life. Say, the curse has no power over my life. You got it? I got to know this. If you don't know this, then you'll go around scared like everybody else. 
You go around and let things linger in your life and say, well, that's just a part of life. It's not a part of life. It's part of the curse. It's part of the curse. It's not part of life. That's not the life that Jesus Christ came to give you. Then he said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You think that he came to let you have all that kind of mess? That he would go through three hours of torture, three days of torture in, in hell so you can be a mess your whole life? No. No, 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 a thousand times no. You got it? He came for us to have life and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. So I must know for myself that I've been redeemed from the curse, Deacon Mac, and that the curse has no part in my life. No power in my life. Now, let's, let's review a little bit more here real quick. Go back to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Hallelujah. And <laughs> we've, we've been looking at what does the curse, what is the curse and what does it do? I showed you back in Genesis 3, place about, I don't have time to go there tonight. You can listen to the messages from previous nights. Deuteronomy 28, because there's a lot that we haven't gone through, we haven't read all of it. But let me just, can I just throw you a little extra stuff here? Go to verse 30 and 31. Point out something that's just right there, just in your face. 28, verse 30 and 31. Because I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you right here in this one, these two verses, adultery, foreclosure, business failure, and repossession. You shall betroth the wife. Y'all, don't, don't read it, don't read it, don't read it, don't read it. The men ain't going to read that. They ain't going to read that. But another man shall lie with her. That's adultery. That's part of the curse. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. That's foreclosure. Mortgages aren't anything new. You know they were doing mortgages way back then. You know that, right? I mean, in the book, read the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah uh, had to, had to uh, get some justice. I mean, people were so in so much mortgage debt. I mean, it was, it was, it was literally killing them. They, they were selling their children. They said they had no possession of anything. And he had to get them to forgive all these mortgages. May God forgive everybody's mortgages in here. <laughs> you know, that whole system's about to collapse. See, the mortgage companies are afraid. They're, they're scared right now because they're saying, okay, we're giving everybody six months, nine months off. But the mortgage company still have to pay their bond people. Just because you don't have to pay your mortgage, they still have to pay the people that they owe. You know, when you borrow, if you borrow $100,000 from Bank of America for your, for your mortgage, they didn't have it. They borrowed it. And they sell these bonds to major uh, investment groups. For every, I, I, studied, I studied it out years ago. For every hundred dollars you have in the bank, a bank can loan nine hundred. How can they loan nine hundred if you only have a hundred in there? Because they're borrowing it from other places. So, the, so although the government's giving everybody in America six months, whatever it is, off, there no foreclosures. They're not giving them anything. So the, the mortgage company is saying, if you don't help us, this whole system is going to collapse. I've been telling y'all that. You read Isaiah 30 and Isaiah 31, you'll see it right, right in there. Okay? All right. So foreclosure. Let me keep going here. 
but you shall not dwell in it. He says, you shall plant a vineyard. That's business. But shall not gather its, gather its grapes. That's means your business fails. Then it says, your ox, verse 31, shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. That's still business too. Now watch this next one. Your donkey, that's transportation, shall be violently taken away from before you and shall not be restored to you with all your crime. That's repo man. They have no mercy. One time they came to repo one of the cars I had, one of them. I've been to, I had a few. They came to repo one one time, and I'm, I'm like, I said, man, bro, the check is right there. I, I had the check because I was going to the place the next day to make the payment. The check is on the passenger seat. He's, I said, bro, look at it. It's right there. He said, I see it. But this, this call going me. Violently taken away. I know none of y'all have been through that. Y'all don't know anything about that. Violently taken away. So all that stuff is in there, all right? Now I'm just showing you just the curse is bad. You don't want no, no part of the curse. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the empowerment to fail. It's just like the blessing is the empowerment to succeed or to prosper. The curse is the empowerment. It's something that is on you. You got it? Okay, now let's, let's deal with this, this uh, main part here. Let's look for sake of time down to verse 58 through 61. Because we're focusing on uh, health and healing. Verse 58 says, If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring, as I taught you already from the verb tense, cause, or, or allow rather, I'm sorry, the Lord will allow upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring or allow back on you all the diseases of Egypt. See, notice he's talking to his people and saying, these things aren't supposed to be on you. You're not under the curse. But he said, but if you want to get under that curse, here's what's going to happen. He says, which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Verse 61. Now, we want to make sure in 61, we've been doing this every night. We're covering everything. So no matter what disease you name, no matter what sickness you name, no matter what malady you name, no matter what new one they come out with next year or the five years from now, they're all covered by verse 61. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord allow upon you until you are destroyed. So no matter, you know, they got a lot of crazy names for these diseases, all kind of stuff that they come up with. Um, just nuts. But we've been redeemed from all that. You got it? So we'll understand all sickness and disease is part of the curse. All right, now, last night I taught you, we went through and showed that Christ became a curse for us. Right? Throw up, throw up, please go to 1 Peter. Not throw up, I don't mean to say that. Uh, well, it's just a word. I don't want to refer to the word like that. Uh, let's put this on the screen. 1 Peter 2, uh, 21 through 24. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 24. says, for to this you were called. Because what? 
because Christ also suffered for us. You see that? Remember we talked about he became a curse for us. He suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. They, they mocked him and scorned him and talked about him. He didn't do that back. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24, here it is. Who himself bore our sins. Who had the sins, him or us? We did, right? Bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Here it is. By whose stripes you were healed. Are you hearing that? Now, we looked at Isaiah 53, verse 5 last night. I don't have to go there. They can put it on the screen if, if they need to. That, but it, saw, it said back there, by his stripes you are healed. And Isaiah is looking forward to the cross. When Peter writes, he's looking back at the cross. So he's saying, at the cross, by his stripes you were healed. And as I made clear to all the theologians, who I'm still taking, taking Bibles, all the theologians... That, that he, that who want to say this is not talking about physical healing, shame on you for being so stupid. And I showed you Matthew 8 last night when the Bible says he was healing fevers and healing sicknesses and casting out devils that it might be fulfilled what Isaiah said. So he was healing physical diseases and sicknesses to fulfill that word. You got it? So when you read 1 Peter 2.24, when it says, by stripes you are healed, you were healed, he means physical healing was given to you. Y'all, boy, y'all got to hear me. See, we've had to, I told you, my, my wife and I, we've had to sit on that for 18 years. 18 years. When we gave up our corporate and uh, secular jobs to go full-time in ministry, we, we didn't have any kind of benefits. We still don't have them. Church this side, we don't have benefits and all that kind of stuff. So when you get sick, you can't go to no doctor. Y'all looking at me crazy again. You have to believe God. You have to trust God. And I went through testimonies last night, didn't I? What God had done for my wife, what God had done for me, what God had done for our children. This has been the way, this has been the way we've been living 18 years. And we've, we've gotten uh, better and better at, at it as we go. You understand? Praise God, whereas a, whereas a cold would last for a week 18 years ago, now that cold got to be gone in a day. You know, and the devil, he's, 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 a, he's a sorry sap of a sucker. I told you. He, he, the, the devil is... He got so mad at me. He got so mad at me last night by telling you the truth. I got home last night, and my family was eating. They were eating dinner. I'm fasting. And I let, you know, they're eating dinner, so I'm going to go and, and use, use the facilities and, and take a shower and all that kind of good stuff. And went to go, go to the shower, and my back exploded. I couldn't move. So I shower, and then I, when I try to come out, and I, I move, and then I end up hollering, help, I cannot move. 
I could not move. I'm sitting there as a 48-year-old man, and no tears came out, but I was crying inside. I, my wife was sitting there, so I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't dig. I wouldn't cry. I would, I would not cry. She, I'm just telling you, I, just, I would not cry. But I, I was, I mean, the tears were there. I just sit back because I'm, I'm a man. I'm a faith man. I could not move. My wife literally had to carry me to the bed. I could not move. And I knew the devil was mad at me. I knew the devil was trying to get back at me. See, I understand spiritual realities. I know he's real, but he finding out I'm real too. I mean, and he brought the worst. I've had back pain before, but this was, this was, this was, I, I, I don't know what it is to have a, have a baby, but if, if anything like that, I'm like, oh my God, y'all got to get Eve back. Because that mess is, it was like, oh my goodness. It grabbed my spine, my muscles, everything, and I could not walk. I could try to sit down. I couldn't sit down. Try to stand up. I couldn't stand up. Try to move. Couldn't turn. Try to crawl. I couldn't get a crawler. I could not move. This morning, my son, Elder Baker, texted me, just sent me some encouraging words, and I was telling him, I said, man, y'all keep interceding for me. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm under attack. I said, but I'm getting stronger, Joel 310. Let the weak say I'm strong, Joel 310. And man, and got in there, and just, my wife was so gracious, she turned on some healing, healing uh, videos. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Let me, hear the, let me hear the word of healing preached to me. She laid hands on me and put the word on. So all night long, healing, healing scriptures, all night long. When I got up this morning, I turned them some back on. I put on somebody just reading healing scriptures and just, just read, just going on. Oh, thank you. This word is working in my life. By his stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now. torture you for your life if you don't let him. He got a good tongue lashing all night. Every time I felt the pain when I turned, devil, you a liar. I'm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to make you pay for this, devil. extended this meeting. How in the world am I going to finish this meeting? How am I going to make it through tomorrow night? 
I'm like, I said, Lord, no, this, this cannot be happening. I, I couldn't see in the natural how I'd be able to get up and go to the bathroom through the night. Lord, keep speaking that word. I was, I was sitting there, and Brother Hagen was reading a scripture. I had one of, one of his videos planned uh, this morning, and he read a scripture that said, I'm like, wow. It said, I will strengthen you upon your bed. I said, Lord, that's it. That's it. Because I'm stressed out on my bed trying to. And I heard that. I will strengthen you upon your bed. See, Lord, I ain't never heard that before, but I take that. I don't know. My wife got me, you know, put a little something on it. I don't, that didn't do nothing but just make me wet. You know, this coming back. It didn't do nothing. That, it didn't do nothing. <laughs> oh, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. <laughs> and I remember something I heard Brother Copeland say. Healed men walk. And I knew, I'm, it's funny, I'm laying in the bed, right? I'm laying in the bed this morning, and I'm, I'm sitting there, scripture's coming to me for the night. So I'm, I'm grabbing my paper, trying to write scripture like this. Lord, you talk to me for the night. I got to teach your people, because I'm going to come, I'm going to make it. I'm going somehow I'm going to get to this house and I'm going to teach God's people and I said wait a minute I got to type this out hill man walk I got to walk to another room come on Jesus That's why I'm telling you, I, won't, I don't care how big name of a preacher you bring in front of me with his little argument, I'll sit him down. Because I have too much firsthand experience. I'm a living witness right now of God being a healer. By whose stripes, 1 Peter 2.24 says, you were healed. And if you were healed, then you are healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. That settles it. That settles it. Pain, I'm healed. Now, I understand. Trust me, I can tell you from just last night, I'm healed. Anybody ever had to do that? 
you had to squeeze, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Oh my God. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans 10, 9, and believe in your heart, you God has raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So you got saved by believing something and confessing something. Guess how you get healed? I'm healed. I believe it. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. If you were healed, then you are healed. Y'all got it? All right, now, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He's redeemed us from the curse. Say, I'm redeemed. Now, let's look at something here for a moment. Redeemed. Redeemed. What does that really mean, redeemed? Now, the Webster's Dictionary gives us a definition that they have on the screen for us. And so I want us to look at that, what Webster says. All right? Webster, which is your ordinary dictionary, you can buy the story of yourself. This is no, we don't have to come up with anything. This is Webster's Dictionary says, it means to buy back. I've been redeemed from the curse. I've been bought back. To get or win back. To free from what distresses or harms. Now you can write it down if you have time, but they'll, I'm sure they'll go out on our church group me. Uh, you can take a picture of what you need to, need to do. Because I got to keep moving. So, To free from what distresses or harms. So sicknesses and the diseases, they stress or they harm. Am I right about it? Yes, Things such as to free from captivity by payment of ransom. So when it says he redeemed us from the curse, it means we were captive to the curse. The curse had us captive. You could just do what you want to do. You could just feel how you want to feel. The curse had us captive. He says, but he's, he's freed us from it, freed us from captivity by payment of ransom, by payment of ransom. Now, we know the word ransom. Normally, hear about somebody getting kidnapped. Somebody has to pay a ransom price, right? Jesus Christ paid the ransom in the same way under the law. They ransomed their, their, um, their belongings or they ransomed their, their livestock. In other words, if they had put something up like collateral, someone could go and ransom it again. Or redeem it. How many of y'all ever heard of the Book of Ruth? I know all the single ladies. Yeah, I heard the Book of Ruth. Wait in my Boaz, right? In Ruth, Ruth, Boaz is known as her kinsman redeemer. He's her kinsman redeemer. He was able to acquire her and don't don't get slayed, don't think all that kind of stuff. But to 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 uh, to to deliver her from the life that she had been subjected to. You got it? This is trying to make it simplest terms here. So let's keep going. To extricate, which means to rescue. I put that in there for me. Because I don't use the word extricate every day, so I put the rescue in there for me so I know the word. To extricate or rescue from or help to overcome something detrimental. This, this is the curse here, man. And this is that Christ did all this for us. 
He's already helped us to, and rescued us from something detrimental. Now, let me just check your Bible for a second. Does Galatians 3.13 says Christ will redeem us? What does it say? What does your Bible say? Oh, has? Now, I'm not the sharpest knife in a drawer. I'm pretty sharp. But is has future tense, present tense, or past tense? It's past tense, which means this is something that, that has already happened. So Christ doesn't have to redeem us. He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us. So this is not, thank you, Holy Ghost, this is not for when you get to heaven. This is not an over yonder gospel. Too many people right now in the body of Christ are stuck and they're sick and they're dying and they're going through because they're in an over yonder gospel. When I get to heaven, a sweet by and by, all my troubles will be over. Your troubles can be over right here. We'll put on a new body. I put on a new body this morning. I couldn't do this last night and this morning. You hear what I'm saying to you? It's not over yonder. It's right here. I'm going to get my new robe and a mansion in glory. You can get the mansion right here. To help to overcome something detrimental. Watch this. To release from blame or debt. Now I know some of y'all getting excited because you're thinking finances. That's fine. That's fine. This ain't, this ain't no financial convention right here. You can take it. Take it. Tell your neighbor. You can take it. You can take it. You can take it. You can take it. Can take it. But let me, let me help somebody here. Whether it's you or somebody watching online. Because what happens is when people get saved and they begin serving God and we talk about healing and God's power to heal and deliver people, sometimes people uh, remain in debt or blame and think that God won't heal them of that issue because uh, of what they had done in their past. In other words, because I smoked for 30 years and now I have cancer, I'm stuck with that because I earned that. I deserve that. No, when you got redeemed, you got released from all blame or debt. Somebody might think, well, you know, before I got saved, I used to be promiscuous, and I, I was around town and all that kind of stuff like that, around the way girl, and, uh, you know, I was a ladies' man, and I saw I contracted these different, you know, diseases and all that kind of stuff. You name it, you name it, you name it. And they say, well, you know, God, I just had to deal with that because, you know, I, was, I used to be. That's your used to be. That's your used to be. And God, once you get saved, all that past stuff is wiped out, it's erased, it's all gone, it's eliminated. You have no more debt to God. And he will not hold you responsible anymore for anything that you used to do and that you used to be. The worst sinner in the world can receive the exact... Matter of fact, do y'all realize every person Jesus healed was a sinner? Y'all missed that. Every person Jesus Christ ever healed in the Bible was a sinner? How do you say that, Pastor? Because until he went to the cross, there was nobody saved. Nobody was saved until he went to the cross. So all the multitudes that he healed, they were all sinners. No good, no dirty, rotten sinners. They were sinners. And he still healed them all. Now, if he would do that before the cross, 
What do you think he would do now that he's already been to the cross and already paid for our sins, already paid for our guilt, already paid for our shame? So you don't have to have no, any residual from your old life. No, he released from blame or debt. Then it says to free, that's, this is what I was just telling you then, to free from the consequences. Of, this is in the dictionary. I didn't add this. This is this from the, your dictionary you can get right out of Walmart. It's to free from the consequences of sin? You mean the dictionary recognized? Sin? That you and I, when we are redeemed, we're redeemed from the consequences of sin? Sin is the reason for all this mess in the first place. If Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, there wouldn't be no coronavirus. Or HIV, AIDS, poverty, lack, sickness, debt. Nothing. There wouldn't be anything. It says here, to free from the consequences of sin, to change for the better. Somebody say, I've been changed for the better. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse. From the curse. Now, I want to look at that same word, redeemed, from the Greek. <laughs> I'm going to try to pronounce this word now. Pastor, you help me now. Because I'm probably wrong. That's exactly how they said it. Exagarazo. Thank you. It's, it's good to have, have some help. Which means to redeem by payment of a price. Or let me say this, let me read it again. To redeem, new thought, by payment of a price to recover from the power of another. Okay. Wow. By payment of a, of a price to recover from the power of another. Yes. Last part, to ransom or to buy off. But I want to focus as we keep going on to recover from the power of another. <laughs> I want you to understand you're no longer under the power of the curse. Let's look at Hebrews 9, 11 and 12. Hebrews 9, 11 and 12. I want you to see this. So we've been redeemed from the power of another. Hebrews 9, 11 and 12. I'm sorry in the King James Version here. It says, but Christ came as high priest of what? What, what? The good things to come. So good things come from Christ, right? By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, by his own blood, 
All the other priests used goats and calves and bullocks and all that kind of good stuff. But here, by his own blood, so he became the priest and the sacrifice. By his own blood, he entered in once. He doesn't have to go back in. Once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. You ought to underline eternal redemption. Matter of fact, can you please switch the verse in verse 12 to the Amplified, please? I want you to see Amplified, how it kind of lays out verse 12 for us. Very good. Y'all watch this. It says, he went once for all into the Holy of Holies of heaven. Remember, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle or the temple on earth. Jesus Christ, when he went, he went into the Holy of Holies of heaven. Now, remember when, when he was raised from the dead? We're going to celebrate that on Sunday, right? Raised from the dead, and he appeared to uh, Martha. She saw him, and she was about to, or Mary, rather, and she's about to, have to grab him, and he said, hey, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. He said, no, you can't touch me yet. You would, you would defile me. He didn't say this to her, but this is what's what said. You, I can't let you defile me because I got to go and put this undefiled blood on the mercy seat. I got to go and, and pay off y'all's ransom. See, it wasn't finished on the cross. It wasn't finished when he went up to heaven. This is, this is before the ascension. This is just, he's going to go up there and then come back because he went and came back. How you know he went and came back? Because the next time he came back and Thomas was doubting and saying, I, ain't, I don't believe him, he said, touch me. See, now you can touch me because I've already gone. I've already gone up here into the Holy of Holies. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Into the Holy of Holies and he's, he's sprinkling his blood on the mercy seat. You got it? And the calves which, by which make, make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood Having found and secured a complete, this is what I want you to get amplified, a complete redemption. So when it says complete redemption, it means you've been totally free. That means you're not just free from sin. When Adam fell into sin, it brought three things in the earth. Number one, spiritual death. Number two, sickness. Number three, poverty. Those are the three issues that he brought into the earth. Spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. Before that, there was none of that. Got it? So when if for redemption to be complete, the last Adam had to restore from poverty from sickness, and from spiritual death. Everybody in the church believes they've been restored from spiritual death. I'm alive with Christ now. I got born again. I'm not dead anymore, spiritual dead anymore. Everybody believes that. But most of the church doesn't believe what you believe. They don't know what you know, that we've also been redeemed from sickness. It's complete redemption. If you, if you went to uh, McDonald's, I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but they won't do this. If you went to McDonald's or Wendy's and you ordered a combo meal and got home and your fries weren't there, how would you feel? Why? Because it's incomplete. And yet most of the church is preaching or listening to an incomplete gospel. 
They believe they're saved. They believe they're going to heaven anyhow, but don't know that they've also been healed. They've also been made rich. That's complete redemption. And he says, an everlasting release for us. Are you getting this here? Complete, everlasting. Everybody say everlasting. everlasting. What does that mean, Deke? That means that your redemption doesn't have an expiration date on it. <laughs> you know how everybody buying up all the milk and all the eggs at the store right now? They buying up everything. I wonder if they realize there's expiration dates on all that stuff. All that milk they, they, they got stored up in the refrigerator, deep freezer, is all, and all of it says best if used by. All those eggs, best if used by. They went and bought up all the bread. That bread is best if used by. And nobody can return anything anymore. Your redemption does not have a best if used by date on it. Your redemption, your deliverance did not expire in 2019. I wish the body of Christ would get this. Your redemption, your complete redemption, your deliverance did not expire in 2019. The same redemption that was around 20 years ago and 100 years ago and 1,000 years ago is still here today for us. So what you so scared of? What you so scared of? My redemption is still complete. Glory to God. God that ever sees some issue, some crisis, say, I can't handle that. All right. Y'all got time for me to keep going. I'm, I'm over time, but just give me, let me, let me just deal with this one section here tonight. If you're born again, God has delivered you from all demonic power. I'm going to show you this. If you're born again, God has delivered you from all demonic power. Demonic power is real. Don't let Hollywood mess you up with all the little, you know, fake stuff and little goofy stuff and, all, you know, it, it turns out good in the end. Demonic power is real. But once he has spoken twice, I've heard it, that power belongs to God. You got it? So if you're born again, how many people in here born again? Everybody, everybody scan, okay. You are delivered from all demonic power. Now, Tonight I want to I focus on, in my time remaining here, it's all, I know it's borrowed time. I am delivered from the power of Satan. I want you to write that down. I am delivered from the power of Satan. Write it down. I am delivered from the power of Satan. Y'all got it? 1 John 5, 19, in the um, CEV. Give me that in the CEV. First John 5, 19, CEV. It says, we are certain that we, certain we come from God. Yes. That's us. Yes. And the rest of the world, the rest of the world. That's yes. all I'm out there that's freaking out. I'm, people on all them pictures we were looking at. Is under the power of the devil. And most people have no clue that they're under the power of the devil. I mean, the world doesn't have any clue. The world thinks that they're free. They don't want to go to church because church, that's, that's bondage. Go to church, that's for people who are you, you silly. No, you don't understand. They have no clue they're under the devil's power. They think they're free. <laughs> they're in bondage. Now, but I'm delivered from the power of Satan. 
Matthew 13, verse 14 through 16. You need to help me out for the sake of time. I won't turn to all these. You just have to get them for me, please. Matthew 13, verse 14 through 16. Because I want to show you sinners and, and some in the church. Jesus said to them, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, listen to this, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Keep going, please. For the hearts of this people have grown. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their ears and hear with their eyes, excuse me, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Did you see that? Because people cannot see right with their eyes and hear right with their ears, hear the things of God. He cannot heal them. He said, if they would do that, I would heal them. So what they do, they turn to the doctors. They see what the doctors report. They see what the doctor's uh, prognosis is. And they go by that. They hear what CNN is saying all day long. Hear what Fox is saying all day long. Hear what MB MSNBC and CBS, we hear what they're saying. Just wah, 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 wah. This many people are dying. This, people, this amount of people are going to die. This year, this week, this month is going to be the worst week we ever had in American history. And people are hearing that, and now they're putting bottles on their heads because they don't want to be a part of that number. And God, Jesus said here that if they would simply see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, I would heal them. Verse, uh, keep going please, verse, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see. I'm telling you this week is changing your life. But blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Everybody say, put your hand on your eyes and say, my eyes are blessed. For they see. My ears are blessed. For they hear. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4. We're going to look at verse 3 and 4. Hallelujah. This is what Paul said. He said, but even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. Those who are perishing. So people who can't see are perishing. People who can't see the things of God are perishing. They better put some on their face. Better put garbage bags on their, on their hands or something. Because it says they're perishing. Now here's why. Thomas, watch this. Verse 4. Whose minds, the God of this age, y'all know who that is? Satan, has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So he says, the devil, he's done a good job of it. He's blinded people's eyes. Got them in darkness, utter darkness. It happens a lot when people go off to college. They go sit in the college classes and they go through humanities and philosophies and world religion classes. And they get all confused by some um, intellectually sounding professor 
who's going to teach them that God is not real. The Bible is a fable. It's, a, it's just a common book like, like any other book, and it's all fiction. And that there are many ways to God that you can just have your own experience in life. And what's happened? Satan's blinding people just left and right. You get kids who, they'll be walking with God. Go off to college, come back, you have no clue where they are. Why? It's because they got blinded by the God of this world. You know who runs media? The God of this age. You run, know who runs arts and entertainment? Satan. We just read in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies under the control of the wicked one. So all those systems are Satan's systems intended to blind people so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. So what we got to do is we got to pray for them. We got to pray for people that, that, just like Paul wrote, I think, in Isaiah, I'm sorry, in uh, Ephesians 1, right around verse 17, 18, 19, somewhere about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. He says, this is what I'm praying for you, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. I need your eyes to open. I need your heart to be flooded with light. Because if, it, if it's not flooded with light, it's full of darkness. And a gross darkness that is. Can I keep going? Now, if y'all had enough, just let me know you had enough. Acts 26. Okay, y'all good. Okay, Acts 26. I don't want to take any liberties with your time now. Acts 26, verse 15 through 18. I want you to see something here. Again, I'm delivered from the power of Satan. Say it. I'm delivered from the power of Satan. Say it again. All right, Acts 26. Verse 15 through 18. Watch what it says here. This is Paul giving his testimony. He says, so I said, who are you, Lord? That's he's referencing back to Acts 9. Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now watch Jesus. He talks to him and gives him an order. He says, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. So thank God for that. I can take safe in that scripture right there. God is sending me to the Gentiles to tell them the truth. But watch what the purpose is. Look at verse 18. To open their eyes. Number one. Number one, number one, to open their eyes. Number two, to turn them from darkness to light. And number three, power of Satan to God. Notice the progression here. That to open their eyes, we can call that salvation. The eyes open, okay, I see it, okay, I'm saved. Then he goes and talks about from there to turn it from darkness to light. Now we got revelation happening. Now, most of the church is stuck at salvation. Much of the church doesn't even want revelation. They don't give, they don't give you time to give them revelation. All they're going to give you is 22 minutes or less. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm just, I'm just tripping. I'm, I'm tripping, Pastor, because I'm looking at these little, everybody on TV now, or, or internet rather now, they're preaching all over the internet, and now they were preaching 40 minutes. Now they preach, they 
16, 17 minutes and you're done. In other words, they're out of material. I was so bothered, I saw one, one famous pastor, I won't call his name, because everybody would know him. He's, he's, well, I won't call him names. Anyway. He, he's bringing in three stars. Famous stars to do his little, his, his service for him. I'm like, what? Well, I don't know about the stars. I'm not picking on the stars. It's just, he's doing it. He said he's, he's bringing in Kanye West, which I believe he got born again. Praise God. He's bringing in, uh, uh, Tyler Perry and Mariah Carey. I said, so what you're saying is, Rev, you have nothing to say anymore. You're out of material. This big old Bible, you just out of material. This big old Bible, you out of material already. It ain't been but three weeks. 66 old books, man. Come on. So, so, so open their eyes, salvation. Turn from darkness to light, revelation. Then from the power of Satan to God, this we're talking about now transformation. This is when your life gets transformed, when you recognize you are no longer under Satan's power, you are now under God's power, and the devil cannot run your life, he cannot control your life. That's when your life gets transformed. That's when it all happens for you. Y'all got this here? So notice he said, I want you to focus on this part here, from the power of Satan to God. So there are people who are today still under the power of Satan. People are running in fear. They're under Satan's power. Addicted to drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, shopping, food. <laughs> Don't say food, Pastor. Food. <laughs> power of Satan. Amen? The, the, the name Satan, everybody knows Satan, right? Y'all know Satan, y'all know who he is. But I want to I see what the concordance, what the Greek says about Satan. Satan, the, it comes from the uh, Greek Satanas. Satanas, I remember that. Satanas. Listen, listen, listen to how, how the concordance defines and describes Satan so we know who, who that sucker is. Calls him adversary. One who opposes another in purpose or act. We have an adversary, the devil. The prince of evil spirits. In other words, he's the main evil spirit that's out there controlling all the other evil spirits. Okay? He controls evil spirits. But watch what also happened. It calls him the uh, inveterate or the perpetual or perennial uh, adversary of God in Christ. So he's, he's God's uh, opponent forever. Notice this next part, though. Let's get deeper here. He incites, stirs up apostasy from God and to sin. So he goes to believers. Apostasy means to turn from God back to Satan. Now notice, Paul, God told, the Lord told Paul, you're going to turn people from the power of Satan to God. So Satan said, I got to turn them back. That's what apostasy is, to turn people from God back to Satan. 
and it's happening. I said it's happening all over the world. The church is kind of confusing right now. I'm just, I'm, I don't understand. I don't know what, what to call it. But people are in great apostasy. So he incites, he stirs up. Let no man say when he's tempted, he is tempted of God. That's James 1, right? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. And when lust conceives, it brings forth sin. And when sin, when it is fittest, it brings forth death. It's all from Satan. So he stirs up, stirs up apostasy from God and to sin. Then it says, says, circumventing men by his wiles, his schemes. The worshipers of idols are said to be under his control. Now watch this last part. By his demons, he is able to take possession of men and inflict them with diseases. This is what, this is what Satanas means, Satan. I don't have to go and find this. This is just right there in your little, you can pull up yourself. By his demons, he is able to take possession of men and inflict them with diseases. So for him to inflict with diseases, he has to take possession. Now don't think possess and you got, you know, ah. Just think he has, to, he has to enter. The Bible calls in Luke, uh, Luke 16, uh, I believe it was, there was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity 18 years. Y'all remember that? The Bible says she was bowed over and could, that's how I felt last night, could in no way raise herself up. Jesus called her to him and said, Woman, thou art loose from your infirmity. And she stood straight up. And what happened? The people in church got mad about him doing that. And he said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be loosed? So disease and sickness comes from Satan and his demons. Now, once I realize I'm no, long, no, no longer under the power of Satan, then that means he has no more power to put and keep sickness and disease on my life. He'll hit you with, with a rubber bullet. Remember last night I told you about that? God has delivered us from Satan's power. Let me keep moving here. Luke 10. Let me hurry on. Man, I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm, I'm way over. But y'all are doing good. Luke 10, 17 through 20, real quick. Luke 10, 17 through 20. I want to show you that you're not under Satan's power anymore. Luke 10, 17 through 20. Then the 70, who Jesus sent out, returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons, even the demons. Oh, wait. Go back to the definition of, of Satan. Hold on, because I, I missed one last line. You got to see this. You got to see this. By God's assistance, he is overcome. That's the good news right there. By God's assistance, God is assisting you right now. By God's assistance, the devil is overcome. Glory to God. We almost missed the good news right there. <laughs> He's overcome. He's been whooped. Got it? Now go back to Luke 10, 17 through 20. Let's, let's read this. Let's, let's, let's keep going. The 70 returned with joy, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satanas fall like lightning 
from heaven. I saw, Jesus said, I saw that. He said, I already saw this. Y'all are excited. He said, I already saw this. Keep going, verse 19 and 20. Behold, I give you the authority. Who? Me? Yes, me. Say neighbor, yes, you. I give you the authority to trample on serpents. Remember serpents? And scorpions, that's just, just names for demons and imps. And over all the power of the enemy, Satanas, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How much? Nothing. Church, wake up. Nothing shall hurt you. I can't go out. I was, I was just puzzled. The, the governor came out and said in Florida, churches are essential activities. So I went and checked one pastor because I wanted to know in the city. He extended his time out. He extended, said, we're going to stay closed longer now. What? <laughs> Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. I'll mail a quarter tomorrow. You just send your Bible, uh, 23617 Avenue South. And send your collar and your, all your little robes. I'll give you $2 for the robes. We'll, we'll, we'll make face masks out of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't talking about coronavirus. What was he talking about when he said nothing? What is he talking about if he says nothing? Nothing means nothing. Is COVID a thing? Now, Jesus said, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning, didn't he? Now look at Revelation 12, 7 through 12. Watch this. Revelation 12, uh, verse 7 through 12. Hallelujah. I know I told y'all verse 20, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm shortening my time here. Go, go to Revelation 12, verse 7 through 12. And war broke out in heaven. Jesus saw this. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. Y'all know the dragon, right? And the dragon and his angels fought. Keep going. But they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So Satan at one time used to be able to go to heaven. Remember when Job, in the book of Job, the Bible says that Satan presented himself? At that time he was able to go. All up until Jesus Christ went and put that blood on the mercy seat. Now Satan can't go up there anymore. You got it? And it says, so the great dragon was cast out, that, old, that servant of old called the devil, and Satanas who deceives the whole, the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Keep going, please. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now, now, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, cast down. Watch this last, this next part. And they. Yeah. 
got cast down here with people. And it says, and they, the people, overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Thank you for the blood, Lord. The word of our testimony. That's why you got to testify. You got to testify. You got you to speak it. I am healed. That's a testimony. I am healed. I am rich. I am free. I am blessed. That's your testimony. You want to overcome the devil every day? Just testify and thank God for the blood. And they did not love their lives to the death. That means that, that they put God ahead of their own lives. For God I live and for God I die. I don't, I, don't, I don't like my lifestyle, and that's the problem a lot of people. They're just too scared to give up their lifestyle. But I don't, my lifestyle is more, not more important to me than my walk with God, than me obeying God, and me teaching the word of God as he put it. Verse 12, verse 12, last one. Verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. That's why he, he acting act a monkey. Y'all know what I mean when I say acting a monkey? Acting a plum fool. He's stirring everything up because he knows he only has a little while to do it. Let me keep going here. I got I to I I I give you this. I can't say this for tomorrow. Uh, Hebrews 1, 3. I just want to show you this. No, no, I'm sorry. Acts 10.38 in the CEV. Acts 10.38. You can write it down. Acts 10.38. Everybody say, I'm delivered from Satan's power. I'm delivered from Satan's power. Acts 10.38 in the CEV, please. It says this, God gave the Holy Spirit and power to who? Jesus. From where? Jesus. He was with Jesus as he went around, watch this, doing good and healing everyone who was under the power of the devil. So when he found people under the power of the devil, he'd heal them. Now, as we close, we got to address this here. Because this is what Jesus did. He went around doing good. He healed everyone who was under the power of the devil. Now, give me Hebrews 1.3. They'll put it on the screen for you. I'm just going to tell you what it says. The part I want you to see. Jesus Christ is the express image of God. You got it? Jesus Christ is the express image of God, which means when you see that word image, uh, think it's like character. It's, it's if you were to, remember back in the day you, you lay paper over something and scratch it, and what, was, what you were scratching would show up on your paper? When you see that, that word image in the Bible, that's the picture that it gives. is of Jesus Christ being an exact imprint of God. You got it? So he's the express image of his person or of God's person. Now, give me John 10, verse 30. John 10, verse 30. Listen to what Jesus Christ says out of his own lips. I and my Father are one. You'll see why this is important in just a second. You'll see in a minute why this is important. He said, the Bible says, Hebrews 1, 3, he's the express image of the Father. 
Jesus said here out of his own mouth, I and my Father are one. This is important here. Now look at John 6, 38. John 6, 38. Jesus says here, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is important because a lot of people are, 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 are jumping off the faith ship because Jesus Christ isn't here. And they, in their mind, well, if Jesus was here, it'll be different. <laughs> and many people aren't on the faith ship for real, for real, because they keep saying things like, if it be your will. They pray for people to be healed. Well, Lord, if it's your will. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, I and my father are one. Acts 10.38 says, he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that means that healing must be God's will. Y'all, how many of y'all believe that? Now, many Christians, the world don't believe it, but many Christians believe, well, yeah, healing was God's will, but that ended. Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Uh, John, uh, uh, Hebrews 1, 3, he's express image of the Father. John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. John 6, 38, I come to do the will of, my, of the one who sent me. Right. Right? right? So let's see, is it different now? Malachi 3, 6. Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. I'm the Lord, I do not change. So if it was his will, then it's his will now. Because he didn't change. God didn't change his mind when they closed the book of Revelation. Well, that's it. Most of the church walking around here acting as if in the book of Acts, that's when healing ended. Healing has passed away. Tongues have passed away. What in the world talk are you talking about? I do not change. If, if I wanted it to end, I would have told you that's it. It's over. You know how Jesus Christ was? He said, he said, in my father's house were are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So anything changed, he's gonna tell us. So since he didn't tell us that healing changed, then healing must still be here. It must still be God's will for today. Let me give you one more scripture just to verify that. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Hebrews 13, verse 8. My God, my God, my God. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the same. They've been preaching it for years. But don't believe it. He's the same. Yesterday he healed, today he heals, and forevermore he'll heal. And if he can keep you 
from disease, then he can do it now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everybody say, I'm delivered, I'm delivered from, the power from the power of Satan. Of Satan. All right. Well, let's close it for good right here. Because we're talking about redeemed from the curse. So what's my response? Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. Let's, we're going to do this right here. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he was, was, used to be, is good. And he does not change. So it says, give thanks to him, for he is good. For his mercy ran out at 2019. How long? Is, are we still in forever, right? Is, so his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Watch this part. Whom he has redeemed. from the power of Satan so now as redeemed man I gotta say something what am I gonna say he is good and his mercy endures forever he is good and his mercy endures forever when it said let the redeemed of the Lord say so it don't, it, no, no, I know we like to say you know say I'm redeemed but it, it's more than that it, it let the redeemed of the Lord say so say what say what you just he is good his mercy endures forever. Jehoshaphat and his whole army won a whole battle like that. Without using one weapon, he is good. His mercy endures forever. He is good. How are you going to stand against the devil? He is good. And his mercy endures forever. How are you going to stand against the flu and coronavirus and HIV and AIDS? He is good. And his mercy endures how you going to stand against a jack man want to come get your money? No, he is good and his mercy endures forever. How you going to stand against all the things that the enemy comes against you with? He is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on and give God a praise in this place tonight. Come on and magnify him in this place tonight. Come on and glorify him in this place tonight. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. He has redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. <laughs> his mercy endures forever. Y'all get this out of here for me, please. Thank you, gentlemen. How many of you just don't, don't lie to me? How many feel yourself 
inside, your faith is getting bigger and bigger every night. Good, good. That's why I push myself to get out of bed, just for you can. So our faith gets bigger and bigger and bigger every night. Now y'all did it. Y'all added two more nights. I don't add them. Y'all added two more nights. So by the time Friday comes, you're going to be 10 feet tall in the spirit. You're going to be walking around looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the old days, all built up, swole up, muscles, jacked up in your faith. Now, in your faith, don't get stupid and be like, come on, devil. I, I heard, heard dad tells a story about when he, he was, you know, mastering faith and learning faith, and he, he invited the flu. Come on, flu. Come on, flu. And the flu came. So don't go calling for something. Come on, COVID. Don't do that. Don't tempt the Lord, G, your God, right? But stand in faith. And know that you know that you know that you know that the devil, no weapon formed against you will prosper. You can stand. We already have a, have a decree from here this Sunday. We, we got that, that white towel, Pastor Joshua. It's, it's still down there. Anybody comes in here, even if you've been infected, been around it, you will be instantly healed in this place. I was thinking, Lord, if you want me to, I'll open this place up during the day. I'll, I'll make sure y'all not here. But I'll say, I'll tell people, tell, tell the mayor, the governor, hey, roll them patients in on them, on the, you know, they, in, they, they intubated and they all on respirators. Just roll them in. Just roll them in here. We're not scared of that. that we have nothing to fear. Yeah, the atmosphere of healing is right here. How many of y'all know you've been healed many times in this place? All right. Repeat this after me. You ready? Yes. Y'all ready to do it for real? Yes. I take the shield of faith. I take the shield of faith. And I quench every fiery dart. And I quench every fiery dart. That the wicked one brings against me. Christ has redeemed me. From the curse of the law. Therefore, I forbid any sickness or disease. To come upon my body, every disease, every germ, and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Every organ and every tissue of this body functions in the perfection to which God created it to function. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. What you doing? I told you last night, you're, you're gloving up right now. You're putting your gloves on. You're putting your mask on right now. You're putting on your whole hazmat suit right now. Shout it, I am an overcomer. 
and I overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I am submitted to God and the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. Therefore, I establish his word upon this earth in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. Now give God a shout tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, 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 Lord. Listen, listen, if you have an issue in your body right now, uh, just ask the person next to, next to you to lay their hands on you. If you got an issue in your body right now, ask the person next to you, just lay your hands on me real quick. Lay your hands on me. Now, Father, as these hands are laid, I release right now supernatural anointing. I release healing anointing right now through this room that every sickness, every disease, everything that's violating these bodies that belong to you right now, I curse every sickness, I curse every disease, I curse every virus, I curse every germ, I curse every infection, I curse every malady, I curse every condition right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we release healing virtue through this room right now. Touch, heal, deliver, and set your people free now. I command everybody be healed. I command psoriasis. Hallelujah. Be healed now. I don't know if that's for somebody watching, somebody here or somebody online. Psoriasis. I curse you and command you be healed right now. In the name of Jesus. Every condition. Every condition, even throats right now, throats that have been sore and hurting and inflamed, I command you be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing right now in this room, in this place. Be healed. Be healed. Somebody watching online right now, you've been infected. I command you to be healed. I curse coronavirus. I curse it right now, and I command you be healed, and I command every symptom, go now in the name of Jesus. Somebody watching, you need to call our prayer line, 893-727-893-8888. They'll pray for you, pray with you, pray for you. You'll be healed. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you, we have been delivered from the power of Satan. Satan has no power over us. We overcome Satan. We overcome Satan. 
by the blood of Jesus, the Lamb, and by the word of our testimony. We are strong. We are healed. We are the healed. Protecting our health from sickness and disease. And Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus shed on Calvary's cross. Thank you for Jesus Christ coming to be our substitute. To die in our place. He did nothing deserving of death. But he came to die in our place so that tonight we could stand here boldly and declare that we are healed. I thank you, Father, tonight that your people discern the body. That there be no weakness and no sickness and no death among us because we properly discern the body. Thank you for this new covenant of life, this new covenant of peace, this new covenant of prosperity and blessing that's on us because of what Jesus Christ, our champion and the captain of our salvation, did on Calvary in our stead. As we partake of this Lord's Supper, we receive all you have for us and pray, God, that everything wrong would immediately be made right. In the precious name of Jesus. Deacons, come on. Brother Baker, come on and help them out. Is Elder Jeff next door? Elder Jeff there, okay. So there's a tray next door, so you, you assign the next door. Tonight is the eve of Passover. What's significant about this, there were nine plagues that the children of Israel uh, saw but did not experience. The first nine took a toll on Egypt's economy, but they always, in their minds, they could get over it. The ninth plague was a plague of darkness. Darkness, gross darkness covered all of Egypt to the point the Bible says no one left their house, no one went out. They wouldn't leave their houses because they couldn't see anything. No matter what time of day it was, it was totally pitch dark. They couldn't see a thing. It's exactly what's happening to the world today because people cannot see. They're in darkness. They're afraid to leave their own homes. But the tenth plague was death to the firstborn children of Egypt. And God gave this command to the children of Israel, said, each of you take a lamb for each household. If your household's small enough and you could share, share one with your neighbor. But as you take that lamb, you sacrifice that lamb that's precious to you. Take the blood of that lamb. Smear the blood on the lintel of the door and on each doorpost. And everyone in your household will be protected as a death angel passed over. That's where we get the name Passover. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
It was that plague and that Passover that brought them their deliverance and their freedom. For them, the Passover stopped the plague for them. I believe that as people all over this world in the body of Christ, and the Jews, of course, are doing it, we honor and celebrate the Passover, we'll see this plague stopped. We'll see this plague stopped. And if it lingers for a little while longer, because you and I are covered by the blood of Jesus, if death continues, it'll pass over us. You got it? So, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for what will be sealed in our lives. And as we receive this bread and this juice, representing Christ's body, broken as blood shed for us, this blood, which is the covenant, the new covenant in your own blood, Jesus' own blood, that will do this in remembrance of, of him and remember what was provided for us at Calvary. Thank you that we are totally delivered and free from the power of Satan. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. Blood of Jesus shed for me. Come on, say it. Oh, the blood that Jesus shed for me. Way back on Calvary. Oh, way back on Calvary.
sure that those at home can see me. They're, they're, they're watching. Because if you're at home, you should have your bread and your grape juice ready to take part with us. Oh, my God. Hiya. <laughs> oh, the blood is powerful. And the blood still works. Never loses power. 2020 and beyond. Still works. At home, you should have your bread and your juice as well. Joining with us, it was on that night in which Jesus would be betrayed. Sat with his disciples. He took bread, broke it, blessed it, and said, Take it, this is my body. Same way you just crushed that bread, his body, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, was crushed for us. He took the cup, said to them, this is the new covenant, the new agreement in my blood. Drink ye all of it. As often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you show forth the Lord's suffering, death, till he comes again. This blood is powerful. 
Right now, healing virtue just settling in your body. Because that blood will never lose its power. If you at home feel fear coming on you, take it again at home. Take it at home. As often as you do it. Because the blood will never lose its power. His mountain. We might as well sing it out. Oh, it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, the blood that gives me strength.
I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day, where I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. this. That's why I love you. I love you. We'll sing this out. I love you, Lord, today because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I live you are, and I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled. Come on, let's say that one more time. Oh, I love you, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you.
redeem us from the curse, everybody. You pay. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse. Way back. That's why I'm That's why I That's why, that's why Father, we thank you tonight and we praise you. We give you honor and glory. Thank you for bringing us to this place once again and speaking life to us. Jesus said that the words that he speaks, they are spirit and they are life. Tonight, we've been given another dose, a mega dose of life. And we thank you for it. Thank you for Jesus laying down his life for us so we could take upon ourselves the life of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that every person in this room walks around with a divine bubble, in a divine bubble, just untouchable by the enemy, untouchable by the forces of darkness. Thank you that God, we are so redeemed that the devil can't even get to us, so delivered that he can't touch us, that we've been set inaccessibly high because we recognize that your name is a strong tower. We are righteous people. We run in and we are safe. Father, I pray not only physical protection, but I pray financial blessing on these, your people. That when all the things in this world are being turned upside down, at the same time for us, you're making things and turning things right side up. That there is a great exchange happening right now. You said, Lord, that we would in the, in, the, in the Gentiles' glory, we'll boast. We're going to 
boast in their riches. We're gonna, there's going to be an exchange, a trading, God. Your word said that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. So thank you that even now, things are beginning to transfer and shift. And we're not worried about what we see. We're not worried about what we hear. Our faith is in you. We trust in your word. So I speak that nobody goes without. Everyone lives in abundance. And that our hearts are open and ready to be used by you, Lord, to bless other people. Thank you that we are part of your worldwide distribution system. Not only distributing the word of God, but showing the tangible goodness of God to people every day. Father, I pray blessings among his people, Lord. Bless our going out. Bless our coming in. And we look forward to our time together once again tomorrow. Thank you for those who've been watching online and taking part. Thank you for them. Thank you for those who are calling into our prayer line. Thank you for those who are being touched from various parts of the, of the world or this country. Thank you, Father, that many people be blessed by what they learn in this meeting near and far. Continue to keep us, the Lord will continue to give you praise, give you glory, and give you honor. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. amen and amen. Consider yourself dismissed. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock p.m., round number four. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night.